Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggies.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a fun episode 138. It was a great episode because we titled it Two Seat Kings. Uh, we talked all about the Kings and their success after the All-Star break. Good episode. If you're looking for that one or any of our others, you can always find those streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan, what's good? What's going on, everybody? Beer of choice tonight on this lovely Thursday is, what is this? This is a Morgan Territory. I should say that right. Morgan Territory. Moontime Hazy IPA. Phenomenal. Just found these out a couple weeks ago. Uh, I've kind of been on a little kick with them. But uh, anyways, we are coming down to the end of the year. Um, what's today? The 23rd, Eric? Uh, 23rd. Tomorrow, tomorrow, Sacramento's got Phoenix at home. No Kevin Durant. No DeAndre Ayton. Kings are on a two-game losing streak, and they just lost a really fucking bad game to Utah. Inexcusable. Um, and then got a completely obliterated the next night at home against Boston. They need this. They, you know, the, we're, uh, I'm going tomorrow night and then me and you and the, uh, the artist formerly known as, uh, Kings cast D fresh will be going with us. And our boy, Robbie Lou from, uh, the say, Hey podcast. We'll be out there on Saturday night for that game against Utah, a little rubber match off the other night. So hopefully they can go two and oh, get back on track. But, uh, you, you know, they've really slipped, man, since we, we jinxed them with that, uh, Kings cast, uh, freaking two seed episode we did about a week and a half ago so um but all in all man again whoever thought back in october that we'd be in this position right so uh i'm fucking ecstatic i cannot wait to go to these two games they are the last two games that i will be attending in the regular season extremely excited um because after this weekend man the next king's basketball game that i'll be at is the fucking playoffs dude first time in my life that i'll go to a king's playoff game very very excited well, you know, that episode, I, I even said it on the podcast, like right away. Usually I, I mentioned how what I will typically do is come up with a podcast title after the podcast based on whatever the hell we talked about. But because the Kings were in 2C at the time, I was like, you know what? I thought feeling, you know, short-lived potentially. So I was like, I'm calling it 2 seed Kings because I can, uh, knowing I, it probably wouldn't last forever. But um, even so, you know, the Kings lost the two but they they've done they fared fairly well and we let a little bit of games go by you know since since our we last recorded just to see what happened so we can we can get into that for the episode real um, quick before we get started before i fucking forget i was going to talk about this in the intro <laughs> i had my first um encounter with somebody calling me a casual kings fan today um because i was wearing a king's shirt while i was in the gym and uh, one of the guys who works in the gym was like, 
oh wow you're wearing that king shirt when they're good man oh yeah yeah giving me kind of crap you know so um you know i really you know outside of the podcast i know i joke about the season ticket bullshit a lot and all that stuff uh, but i i really don't tell people that i do the podcast outside of you know here and uh, close friends and i don't tell people that i have season tickets it's just not something that i really advertise uh, but I felt like I had to drop some fucking knowledge on this guy today. I got really offended, dude. I was really upset, man. Like I was sweating. I just had a nice little pump and this piece of crap freaking started trying to call me out for my Sacramento King shirt, dude. So I had to let him know, man, like I'm a podcaster, dude. I got season tickets. I go to a lot of games. I've been a fan my whole life. Uh, pretty much how dare you fucking criticize me for wearing this shirt. So I just wanted to let people know it's never happened. You know, you never, you know, I've been wearing King shit for the last five years in that gym and nobody's ever noticed until today so uh, what do you know man all of a sudden the kings are good and people are already giving me shit so it's very interesting like being, sounds like you're being a gatekeeping hipster right like uh, i know dude i that's what i felt like i was ve- I, I i really was very offended i'm like how fucking dare you dude if you only knew how uh how invested i am in this franchise yeah, well, you know, it comes with the territory. I told you, you know, I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tattoo. I've said it before, all that shit, right? But that's what happened, you know. Bucks get Brady, they just, and then they go to the Super Bowl, and everyone's like, well, because of Brady. I'm like, come on, dude. Like, you think I would just latch on to, like, the worst team in football the last decade, <laughs> right? Just because Tom Brady, like, you... You don't think I would have been a you think I would have been a Patriots fan all these years, but I, it comes with territory. The Kings win, and that's what's going to happen. And it is what it is. Uh, so, hey, I want to talk about a little betting, and I always like to do the ad read because it allows us to to talk about it in, in you know riff off of it. It's been a minute because uh, believe in bet online. We're working out the the. Uh, you know, the details for the 2023 year, but here we are guys. Bet online is back and bet online remains your number one source for all of your college basketball betting this season. Get an analysis. I'll flip that word up of every play prop and point at bet online. You'll find the latest odds, bracket contests, team matchups and game trends at bet online update, updated odds for everything from live games, the conference championships right through the final four and championship game. Bet online is your college basketball headquarters this season. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign in and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use that promo code BELIEVE to receive that bonus. BetOnline.ag is where you go. It's where the game starts. Kind of messed out read up, Brian. They kind of gave me they, they kind of gave me uh tough to read there. It's been a while. But you know what? It doesn't really matter because Bet online has kind of been taken off. I told you I've been seeing on on comedy specials, seeing it on Twitter everywhere. It's kind of like breaking in. And I actually shared bet online with a couple of folks on Kingsland. They're like, where do I bet? Where do I bet? I'm like, go to bet online, dog. That's where you need to go, you know. But I always tell people at the end too, right? Bet responsibly. Just because I have to feel <laughs> that's my, my obligation. You know, I tell these kids go out there and bet, and then all of a sudden they're betting all the all the lunch money, you know, and they ain't eating because they, they're losing the parlay. Because they always parlay. Everyone, when they first get in, it's always a parlay, dude. A crazy five-teamer. Nothing worse than, you know, scrolling on Kingsland's Facebook page one day, and you see one of our beloved members down in the crapper because they just mortgaged their house uh, to, to pay off that bet online, you know? So uh, very responsible of you, Eric. You know, very, uh, you know, you want to you want to spread the knowledge, right? And me and you are big bettors. We fucking love it. I bet every single day, um, but we bet responsibly, right? And uh, you know that's always something that I I take pretty pretty serious, you know, because uh, it is it isn't captivating, dude. Like you get kind of sucked in. Like let let's talk about this, Eric. The other night when the Kings were down seventeen, uh, you know, me and Eric are chatting. We're like, fuck, dude. 
let's throw some let's throw some chunk of change down when the kings were underdogs i think it was like plus 225 or plus 220 and let's try to make some money and uh you know i threw 100 bucks down and uh you know in the fourth quarter kings are up like four and i'm like hell yeah dude i'm coming up big like this is going to be a nice little start to the week and uh you know they let uh walker kessler is that his name and uh Ogabajoe or whatever the I don't know how to pronounce it. I really don't give a shit. Uh, torch him in the fourth quarter and ended up losing, man. So um, I get it, man. I I can see why people you know get addicted and and lose their shit, you know. But always, people you know bet responsibly. It's very very important. There, it's it's you know key advice. Ryan is always obviously don't bet what you don't we can't afford to lose. That's like rule. That's rule number one. And then sometimes you're you're just down and you take the L and you have to accept that you're going to pay out, man. And and it's uh, I think a lot of the problems come when you start chasing, when you start trying to chase. Exactly. But I am chasing this week, Ryan, (laughs) because but right. Uh, Because uh, last week, dude, I did a lot of the live bets. Like you're saying, Kings Kings have a tendency to get down early and then the live odds change. And so I, I came up 500 last week. So so this week. You know, I I was kind of doing the same thing, but you know, again, I uh, don't bet we can't you can't afford to lose. Do you want to do? You want to do a player before we start going too deep into this stuff? Ryan? Yeah, before we jump off the betting, real quick, I just want to let you guys know. Rule number one: What was rule number one, Eric? That you said? I said, uh, don't bet what you can't afford to lose. Rule number two: Scared money don't make fucking money. All right, so I just want to throw that out there as well. I know we're telling you to bet responsibly, but and we're kind of contradicting, but it's the truth, man. That's the the dirty, nasty game of sports betting. Yeah, well, you know, you can only take you take you only take the half the advice from degenerates. That's like a rule I have in life. Like half the advice, the other half is take with a grain of salt. So, all right, here's the here's the game we played. Break in every episode. So, I give Ryan a random player from our childhood, and based on their bio, Ryan has to guess a player. This one, Ryan, I was looking at it. It's gonna. I may be tough. I never know. Maybe tough. Maybe hard. Right? Because the bio doesn't really give it much to offer. You're gonna have to base it off the teams this week. I think. All right. So you're this player is uh, seven feet 220 uh they played college basketball at unlv uh they were drafted in 1998 first round 13th overall by the orlando magic but they didn't play for the Orlando magic so here are their teams okay um just they're a center center slash power forward and i'll tell you this role player uh 98 to 2001 denver nuggets 01 to 02 toronto raptors 02 to 03 so I'm going to get you Sacramento Kangs and then 03 to 04 Utah Jazz uh, career eight points a game, uh, 5.9 rebounds and 1.6 blocks. So who do you think it is? Keon Clark. Keon Clark. There you go. Was it too easy? Uh, the Sacramento Kings gave it away, to be honest with you. Uh, that Once you said Sacramento Kings, it was kind of like, all right, that's Keon Clark. Not going to lie, when you said Sacramento Kings, I started sweating a little bit because I was like, damn, what if I really fucked this one up? Because that player was there in their heyday. That is one of the uh, guys from the old bench days. But Keon Clark, man, it's a solid, solid one. That's a, yeah, good, good, good pull today. There you go. And I usually refrain from the Sacramento Kings players of the past just because I know, like you mentioned in the in the intro there, Ryan, to, uh, you, you've been a fan for so long. You know, I know I know you know your shit, but, but there is the added pressure. You know, I was thinking about when I was up with this question, how it's been a long time and we usually save it for the offseason due to lack of content. But we've done several like trivia episodes in the form of the old stump to swap swap show. And in there, I always put a section, you know, it's Kings trivia. And that one's tough, man. When you're a Kings fan, it, it, you start sweating, it, it, you know, as you think, you know, and then you don't. And it's tough. And we brought people on the show to compete against you. And 
uh she gets hot dude so uh anyway so good stuff this week all right where to break it in ryan we were talking about uh betting and that got me thinking of kind of the last obviously since the last episode we we let this we let the time between last episode and this one breathe a little and i think a lot of it was because we had spent a lot of time pretty much the last two episodes talking about how this stretch of games was kind of hoping that it would I think help us decide definitively where the Kings are going to rank going to the postseason. Help, I don't know, just figure things out. I mean, the Western Conference has just been such a mush this whole season, and the Kings, after the All Star break, separated themselves in a good way, which was unexpected. But you still had your doubts. Uh, I was trying. I wanted to be optimistic, so I think we had a good conversation about that. If you if you want to go check that out, go listen to last episode, but. Uh, you, you know, uh, they had some tough games and they and they played well. I think that my summary, Ryan, generally, and I'll let you be more specific about it, is is that the Kings clearly uh, they can hang with pretty much any team in the NBA except for <laughs> some of the top teams. It seems like it seems like they look really good at everyone below them, but anyone above them, uh, they just don't. They look they look terrible. I mean, no way they're gonna beat the. Uh, beat the bucks i mean that was tough but then you know they take care of business against some eastern conference teams and then obviously the celtics beat the shit out of them which you know so i don't know it's it's not surprising if all those games aren't surprising but um the not the wizards the jazz one was was tough but yeah even the wizards they were playing them really close most of the game and they pulled away at the end but i, I don't know has this last week of games helped you kind of clear anything up or figure anything out in your own head or have you kind of more solidified in your take from last episode it's kind of solidified everything that I've thought about this Kings team, right? Uh, very good, right? They, they are a very good team. They've surpassed all expectations. But at the end of the day, they cannot compete with the top tier teams, especially in the Eastern Conference. Luckily for us, we wouldn't have to see any of them till the NBA Finals. I'm knocking on wood right now. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it seems like Sacramento really, outside of the Utah game, that's just, it was a shit show from the beginning. They, got, they dug themselves into deep of a hole. They gave momentum to a team that, um, you know, you know how those lesser teams you start believing, you know, um, you start believing that you can win and all of a sudden shots are falling. But um, those teams that have two scores, right, two legitimate scores is really what gets them. Uh, you know, Chris Middleton's been hurt for the most of the year, um, hasn't, you know, really been himself and comes into Sacramento and him and Giannis just torch, just absolutely torch Sacramento and uh, unlucky for Sacramento because the night before Giannis didn't even fucking play against the Warriors. So that was just kind of. You know, that says something, right? They saved him against Golden State to play against Sacramento. So I guess that's a, a compliment. But, uh, you know, with Boston, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, you know, they they just really can't contain teams that have two scores. And uh, that kind of goes back to where I've been talking about the playoffs. You know, um, you know, Sacramento has been fortunate to been healthy so much, you know, so far this season, uh, minus the exception of Kevin Herter a couple couple nights ago. Uh, but other teams are going to get healthy, you know, and I was very adamant about that Kevin Durant, Devin Booker trade that Phoenix was going to be dangerous because the two scores, you have two of the top five scores, in my opinion, top eh, maybe six scores in the NBA and who the fuck's going to guard them. You know, Sacramento's lack of, uh, lack of defense catches up to them when they play those elite teams where they have two scores to where you can't just double and triple team one guy, you know? So um, the last week has really solidified my take. I'm not, I know it. I said this last week. I know it sounds like I'm hating, but I'm freaking not. Okay. I, I really am enjoying this, this basketball season. It's been probably the best basketball season um, since I was 10 years old. Um, but 
at the end of the day, you have to look at this team realistic, right? You have to be realistic about your take. You have to be realistic about where they stand in the uh, in the landscape of the Western Conference. And um, I look at the totality of circumstances. And um, unfortunately, I think there's some teams that are better equipped than them in the playoffs. So, uh, and that just kind of solidified it for me this week. Yeah, you've been pretty consistent on your take. And I think we went into deep in the last episode. I don't think we need to explain ourselves, you know. I, I one of the things Ryan from doing from you know being on the podcast is like we take the time to I, I to like articulate our takes and put them out so that we can't be misrepresented. So I don't comment as much anymore. I used to comment a lot more, um, especially on Twitter, and it's hard to really get your point across, you know, because if you said that out there on Twitter, people would crush you, and I, I you know, but you did on the podcast, and people can go check that out and. You, you've been consistent about that. And for, for me, I've been trying to be more optimistic because it's on one hand, I, I go like this. I go that an a, a entire season is a good representation of what your team's at. And and for me, when the Kings came out of the all-star break and they, they didn't fall off, they kind of continued and honestly looked even better. It, it gave me like, okay, maybe they are, you know what they are. Maybe they are good and, and, and all that. And, because uh, I don't want to be pessimistic and then it comes down to the end and then they actually are good. And I, I was just the one here that was scared to to go in. But I, I agree with you on a lot of stuff you're saying about about the holes and all that. I think that when it comes down to it, I look at the Kings, like I said, they we we know, we've talked about it, everybody knows, they don't match well up well against certain types of teams. They just don't. And that is what it is. And we've laid out what types of teams those are. It, you know, it's the long wing teams. It's it's the guys with multiple scores. Giannis looked like a fucking freak, dude. That Bucks game, uh, that was one of the most dominant things I've seen in like basketball in a long time. He was just coming through the lane, and you know, so obviously, yeah, those games they're not they're not going to win. But the thing that was hard is that they they look pretty good most of the time, more 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 than not, like a lot more than not, and so. I want to get behind him. The thing that worries me, though, is just it is going to come down to the matchup in the playoff for me. I really do think I do think the Kings can win a playoff series. I really do think they can win a playoff series. I don't think it's that they can't. Um, it's going to be the right draw. Um, but you know what's it's tough about the playoffs, and it's kind of hard, man. The NBA season's in a sense different than it used to be. It's kind of watered down almost in some ways, just because of guys' guys' minutes and. You know, all, all that shit, have, have veteran players approach it. And it is worrisome what's going to look like when they have to play the same team, like at minimum four games, you know, maybe five games, maybe six games. Like, that's tough. I don't I don't know. And the, and it's such a huge unknown that it's really hard to get behind because that's where I, that's where I'm at. It, it, right. It's like throughout the whole season, they, they look good. They look like they can hang with a lot of teams. They look like they could compete. But who but then occasionally they, they get against good teams. So you decide to buckle down and then they get fucking smacked. And so that, that, that does worry me about playing a, a solid veteran team that has some defense, that has some shooters, and they play them several games in a row. That's that is scary. And I think I think what the rest of the NBA has kind of figured out, well, not the rest of the NBA, but the top tier NBA teams have figured out that Sacramento struggles in the half court, right? When teams slow it down and, um, you know, they start going through the offense and they start getting the ball to their guys, um, Sacramento struggles, right? So. Um, there is some teams out there in the Western Conference, you know, that um, I really believe if they if they really decide to buckle down and they're healthy, that Sacramento can't really contain. Um, they can score with the best of them, right? Um, you know, one of the strengths of this team that people kind of overlook a little bit 
um, is is the bench, dude. The bench at, that that is the one thing that saves Sacramento, right? It, is their bench at any time, any time between Trey Lyles, Malik Monk, even Terrence Davis can just absolutely erupt. Okay, there's game. There's been multiple games where. Malik Monk's gone for 25 plus, 40 plus. Trey Lyles has hit timely threes and put up, you know, almost 20 points. And there was that game early on where Terrence Davis was the only person who decided to show up one night. And I believe it was 35 points. Sacramento has that ability. And there's not a lot of teams out there that have that. And when you think about the playoffs, teams usually uh, tend to shrink their lineups, right? Teams go from playing 10 to 11 in the regular season to eight, maybe, right? So, um, that is the one thing Sacramento has going for them that they are 10 deep. And I really believe that they'll play 10 deep in, in the playoffs and um, it could help them, you know, keep fresh, but it all comes down to the bench, man. That, I think that's the one thing in the last few nights that's really killed them is the bench. Um, but when Malik Monk's hitting shots, when Trey Lyles is playing well, even Davion Mitchell, when he's, you know, playing defense and he's hitting that little mid range jumper and he's, you know, putting the, uh, putting the pressure on him. Um, Sacramento is very effective, but um, it, it's all going to be, you know, dependent on that matchup, like you said. And then I really believe, you know, Sabonis and Fox are going to get theirs. It's going to be that bench man. Who's going to show up? Who's going to be that third guy, fourth guy who hits a timely shot, who gets a crucial turnover? Uh, Trey Lyles, very, very effective lately taking charges as guys are going through lanes. A little stuff like that that Sacramento needs. And they've maximized that so far in the regular season. Um, I don't know if they can do it in the playoffs. That's kind of one thing that I've I've really been uh, critical of. But we will see, man. I, I'm really looking forward to that Phoenix game. I know DeAndre Ayton's out. I know Kevin Durant's out. But it seems like every time Phoenix comes to town or Sacramento goes to Phoenix, whatever, uh, Devin Booker just gets whatever the hell he wants. And until Sacramento can show me that they can slow down uh, a top tier score. I'm going to have my doubts. I, I really am. The well, you mentioned the bench and the the Kings are kind of deep on the bench and that helps in the regular season with because it. I think the example is like Malik Monk. We always knew this going into the year because we even said this as much right that Malik Monk is will be cool because he'll occasionally just go off for like twenty five thirty or something randomly. And you you need that throughout the regular season. That's the difference between teams who are like bottom tier versus top tier, is they have guys uh buried not buried in the roster, but down in the roster who can then ascend for a game or two and really uh fill those gaps. But that is that is the concerning thing is that it only happens with him and really Terrence Davis. And even honestly, David Mitchell has had just a tough year overall. Uh so really, just Terrence Davis and Monk on the scoring, it happens like once in a while. And when you get into a playoff series, you really need to rely on that every game. And that's where the the inconsistencies, even from those guys, is that's what worries me. Is you, that's what I mean. If you get in this, if you get in a series and you're playing the same team, it's all very strategic to uh, shut you down. And then you have guys who show they can't really consistently do it every single night but you need to rely on those guys to be at your best it's like concerning you know I, that 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 is or that is a real thing for me um and the bench has been stressed this last stretch you know one thing that i wanted to bring up on the podcast too we, we haven't talked about it at all was kessler edwards and and i've been kind of laughing at, at kessler edwards because kings fans just get so fucking excited anytime somebody random and new comes in and starts playing they just start to get head over heels and start to envision this 
this role for him. And re- realistically, he averages two points a game, and he's been playing a lot of minutes. I mean, I, I don't know. What do you? What does that say about the Kings right now that they're introduced a new guy who had been a G League player who they acquired at the deadline, and now they're just kind of throwing him in the rotation right now? What is that? Does that? What do you make of that? It doesn't surprise me. The one thing that me and you talked about coming into the season back in September, October, was the lack of depth at the wing, right? The the lack the lack of size and um, defenders to come in. And I'm not surprised they went and got a young guy who's long, who has a, you know a little bit of potential, you know, and they think he can be a nice defensive piece. But uh, at the end of the day, man, you know, when you get in the playoffs, Kessler Edwards is probably going to be that guy who's the odd man out, unless Kevin Herter's hurt, right? Like if Kevin Herter's come back, but I think Kessler Edwards, uh, his minutes are going to shrink in the playoffs, right? Like I said earlier, the the lineups tend to shrink; they go from a ten to eleven to eight. Um, it's cool, right? The guys came in. He's filled. He's played some meaningful minutes with this Herter injury, but at the end of the day, when you're relying on a guy who, um was traded for peanuts and is extremely young and was in the G league earlier on the year. That's probably not the best thing. Right. But, um, you know, for me to sit here and hate on Kessler Edwards, I I think that'd be wrong of me. I I think the guy's young and shows promise, but, um, it is what it is, right? You're relying on this young dude, um, to come in and play against the best scores in the world. I kind of think that's unfair. I, I I think that's kind of unfair. I think Sacramento had multiple opportunities to go get a, a veteran guy, um, who's probably a better defender, maybe taller, maybe a little better shooter um, to fill that role. And they didn't. So it's something that we've been pointing out all year. And I'm I'm not surprised they went this route when they didn't do it at the trade, you know, right at the trade line. There was talks of a guy like Jared Vanderbilt, you know, me and you pointed out early on in the year and they didn't fill the role. So it is what it is. I think they're going to try to make the best of it. But um, this is the type of situation that I was foreseeing for the last month and a half, two months when I was talking about Sacramento matchup in the playoffs, when you have to rely on a guy like Kessler Edwards, man, I, I just don't think it's really going to, it's going to turn out for the best. Well, it's like what they tried to do at the beginning of the year with Casey Okpala, that everyone yeah. thought that he was going to be this wing defender guy who was going to be that like gadget dude in the rotation. And then look what happened. He, it faded very early and then they ended up getting rid of him the first chance they could. But I, I bring it up too. And I didn't bring it up to hate on Kessler Edwards because, uh, he's young. Yeah, he's like, and, and and if the Kings are winning, which they have been, and he's in, the, and you can play him, and and you can spell some guys. Like I said, the lack of depth really in the in the forward position, you can spell guys and kind of do a couple different things. Maybe play guys together that you couldn't because he's there. That's all good, but I, I wanted to bring the take to the podcast because I I think it's more of a regular season to the finish line rotational move. I don't see it as a playoff thing personally. I I, I really don't. And I think that I wanted to just make that take on here because he's just been such a topic of conversation because of the novelty of him being introduced into the roster that I do tend to see. Anytime you see that, you know, Ryan, you tend to see people obviously get outlandish. And that's something we've always done is when we see takes start to get extreme, we always bring things back to center. And that's what I feel about him. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not saying he's not going to play at all in the playoffs. He'll probably play a little bit. But to be a, a factor, would you say factor? Probably not. Like if he might even play, he might not even play at times, you know. So I wouldn't say when you're, I would say this to people, and you could tell me if you agree, when you're making your takes and you're factoring the Kings in the playoffs, I'm not considering him. I don't think people should either. I think it's just to get to the finish line right now so that, you know, Herder is healthy. You know, everyone's healthy, right? 
hundred percent. And that's, you know, I, I completely agree with that. What's going to be interesting tomorrow. Kessler Edwards is probably going to get hooked up on Devin Booker, right? That that's probably the look that's coming. So um, we are going to get another good visual of what that looks like. And I think at the end of the day, it's probably going to solidify our take just a little bit, but uh, you know, I, I got to stress this every single podcast, man, because people take things completely sideways and, you know, it's kind of hard to come on here and articulate and, um, you know, we're not hating, right? This isn't a hate on Kessler Edwards. It's the reality of what's happening with this Kings roster. Um, you know, at the end of the day, they've, you know, failed to upgrade that position um, in the offseason. And it's going to come back to bite you. You know, it's going to come back to bite you. When in the history of the NBA has a, has a guy who was in the G League get traded at the trade deadline to a, a contending team and then came in, played meaningful minutes, and uh, really was effective. I can't remember one off the top of my head. Obviously, there's one out there somewhere, I'm sure. But, um, you know, the, I just don't really see it happening yet for him. So, um, yeah, man, I, I, you know, one thing that is a positive note with him, though, is that Kevin Herter has been hurt, and he's been able to come in and kind of fill those roles in the regular season. That is a huge plus. There is some value in that, that Mike Brown trusts him enough to come in at such a young age only being on the team for a month and a half and uh, play some meaningful minutes in the rotation with the starters. There is something to be said about that, but unfortunately for us, I think uh, we're probably two years too early for Kessler Edwards to make a meaningful impact in the playoffs. Yeah. Part of it, him playing probably necessity. The other part, uh, he probably does some things. Well, you know, I I like that people always kind of go towards one trait on a guy like, Oh, he plays defense. I, I don't know. If he plays defense, defense, I, it's hard to gauge, dude, in the NBA. People like to look at advanced statistics, but personally, I, I just don't always feel like the advanced statistics reflect the totality on core. It's kind of like, I, I don't know, man. It, there's more to it, I feel like. But yeah, mostly mostly necessity on his, on his sense. Okay, another take, Ryan, that I, I, I'm glad I remember, because sometimes I forget shit when we go in here, um, is that I wanted to clear up is... The uh, lack of moves on the all at the all not not the all star break the trade deadline the lack of moves at the trade deadline. Um, if you remember, right after there was a lot of uh, I don't know what the right words disappointment that it didn't happen because I think it was more towards what's going to happen in the playoffs and I think people got that take misconstrued that uh, it meant the Kings the second half of the season were going to be good. And what I mean by that is I'm pretty much seeing right now the Kings have done fairly well in the last couple of weeks, obviously. And so a lot of people are, one, saying, well, we're all those people now that were saying that they didn't you know, make the moves. Like, looks like Monty was right. That's one. And then you have a lot of people, too, who, who did feel that way, who are being really apologetic. And I just wanted to bring it up because we felt I felt like that was a more nuanced conversation that we had. We were in that camp. And um, it was it was always about the playoffs. So, you know, I want to just say that and then you can you can tell me what you think. That's been my whole take this whole time. That, that's been my whole thing for the last month and a half. I've came on here every single week and I've talked about matchups in the playoffs, the possibility of who we're going to play in the first or second round. And uh, that has been that that's been it. I, I since pretty much February 1st, I've been looking at the playoffs and how this roster is constructed in a playoff setting. And I've based all of my takes off of that. And uh, that's where I come from. You know, the the construction of this team, 
um, especially with them being so healthy as a regular season. They're a regular season team. You know, every single year, there's two or three or four teams who stay healthy. They score a lot of points in the regular season. They play really well, and then they get to the playoffs, and they're just not really constructed to play in the playoffs, right? They're not really constructed to be seven guys deep, uh, playing 35 to 38 minutes a night, 40, probably 40 minutes, 42 minutes for Fox when we get there. Um, you know, a lot of teams aren't constructed for that, and that's why I've really been harping on um, you know, especially during, towards that trade deadline, I was harping on, you know, upgrading a position, upgrading the starting lineup, upgrading, you know, that six man role, not saying that Malik Monk's not doing a great job, but a different type of role to where a guy can come in and be a real lockdown three and D guy. Cause there was guys available, man. There was, you know, you were really high on Matias Thibel. And that is one of the guys that I was, you know, I, I liked a lot just because of the defensive factor, right? When you're playing a Devin Booker, when you're playing Kevin Durant, when you're playing Steph Curry, though, you know, Matias Thibel is the guy that you want on those. Obviously, you're not going to stop them. They're going to get theirs, but you're going to slow them down. Right. And you guys pay attention to the games. So, you know, all the listeners out there, you guys watch all the games. Every time we play a star player, he goes for 40. He does. You know, look at Giannis 50 the other night. Devin Booker seems like he torches us every time. Um, you know, there's it just seems like every time we get a star player in here, they just really get their own. And, uh, you know, if you can just have a guy in the playoffs who holds them to their statistical baseline, you know, just the baseline. We're not asking you to go out there and hold, uh, you know, Steph Curry to 20 points. Right. But if you can hold him to a season average of, you know, like off the top of my head, I don't know, probably 29, 28, whatever he's averaging. If you can hold him to that, then you're going to be successful. But the way I look at this roster constructed right now, we do not have a guy on the roster who's going to be able to hold a top 10 player in the NBA to a statistical baseline. It's just not going to happen. And that's kind of been my take the whole time. I've been looking forward to the playoffs because I think since February 1st, everybody saw the writing on the wall that this team was going to get in the playoffs. They were trending the right direction. So, um, you know, that's just where my takes have been. I'm standing by it. And until I see otherwise, man, I, I, you know, I'm going to stick with that. If, you know, things change. I, I will come on this. I will come on the podcast and, and I will let everybody know, Hey, I was fucking wrong. Gladly. Right. I will gladly. I hope that I'm wrong in this situation. I hope that I come on here in mid May and I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking idiot. I have no idea. You know, I didn't know they realized they were this good. I hope so. But, um, just gut feeling watching games live, watching every game on the TV, um, you know, looking at trends through the NBA over the last 10 years, I, you know, the writing's kind of on the wall for me that, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but regular season, darling. Regular season, darling. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I hope, I, I hope not, but, um, you know, the, uh, I'm going to repeat myself a bunch probably cause it's, it's from here and then probably moving forward. The one, I, the thing is, is that that I do love though is I, I just believe in Deer and Fox. I said it last episode. Uh, that's if we're talking about storylines for the postseason, there's like there are there's a couple. Um, and obviously we you you've spent a lot of time talking on the uh potential uh negatives or whatever of of the team, but that's the thing about Deer and Fox. I really. That's the difference is sometimes you get these teams who play good team basketball and then they get in, but, and they don't have like that fucking guy, you know? And I really would, Darren Fox, fourth quarter Fox coming in, hit the game winner the other night. He, he puts, he puts up a lot of points. He gets a lot of clutch buckets, all that stuff. And 
I hope that's duplicated in the, in the playoffs. That that's what sometimes gives me hope is like when he he's an X factor, you know, and that's why I kind of holding out. And I, when I talk about them winning a playoff series, that's what I mean. If everything goes right and they play good ball, but Darren Fox fucking is a dude, that could be the difference against some of these teams. I feel like. And I yeah I agree. Um, Darren Fox is a dude, in my opinion. I think he's a goddamn superstar, and we've said that for a few years now on the podcast. But when I look at potential matchups, right. First round, you know, it's at, at the at the moment, it's looking like the Clippers, Golden State, or the Lakers. I, I really still am sticking by the Lakers. Not that I'm supporting them, but I, I'm really sticking by them and thinking that they're going to sneak in. LeBron's going to come back, and, you know, there's a potential first round uh, matchup with those guys. And when you look at the playoffs, it, it comes down to, you know, who's the best player on the court, right? And I look at Golden State, Steph Curry's in my opinion, the second best point guard of all time. LeBron James, in my opinion, is the greatest basketball player of all time. Uh, you look at the Clippers, who, unfortunate for them, Paul George is hurt, but they still have Kawhi Leonard. Um, out of those three teams, all three of those players are better at the moment than De'Aaron Fox. Uh, and there's something to be said about that in a playoff setting, man. There's something to be said. Um, so hopefully, yeah, you know, I, I really hope, you know, and I think De'Aaron Fox will duplicate his... Um, his efforts that he's been pouring out in the, in the regular season. But at the end of the day, I've always, when it comes to betting, when it comes to predicting playoffs, you always look at who's the best player in that, in that, uh, in that season matchup. And unfortunately for us, uh, De'Aaron Fox falls at the bottom of that when you, when you face those guys. And then when you start looking even deeper, you know, the, the Mavericks, you know, I, I know people think that they don't play defense and they're not that great, but at the end of the day, they have Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic and, uh, you know, when you're facing guys like that, that are, you know, first ballot Hall of Famers, man, that's what these guys are. Every person that I've named is a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's something to be said about that. So it's going to be interesting. I hope I'm wrong again, but that's just how I feel. And based off of NBA trends, that's the way it goes. You know, it's as much as I, it's hopefully as much as I fucking hyped Aaron Fox and loved Aaron Fox eat as well. Uh, there's a couple of polls in Kingsland this week. And it was like, is De'Aaron Fox better than this player? They, and there was one right here, dude. Uh, it was, uh, is who's a better player? Luka Doncic or De'Aaron Fox, bro? 112 votes. Majority said De'Aaron Fox, man. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Let's be realistic <laughs> about the situation. This is. That's that's where I've kind of tried to be devil's advocate so far in the last, you know, eight weeks is let's be real about the situation, right? As, as high as we think of Darren Fox, as good as I think he, you know, has played this year and as much deserving as he should probably be second or third team all NBA, you're talking about first ballot surefire Hall of Famers, dude. Luka Doncic, LeBron James, you know, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Kawhi Leonard. You know, those Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, these guys are first ballot Hall of Famers, right? And unfortunate for Fox, he he's going to have to match up against these dudes who, by the way, are all bigger than him, all, you know, are physically imposing players. Um, so it's going to be interesting, man. I, I think Fox is going to get his just because he's a goddamn superstar. But I think those other guys are going to get theirs just a little bit more. Well... This is the this is the fan. We can sometimes be fans, man, and just uh, and as I say, this this could this could really this could be his opportunity to just ball out. It can dude. it can? I fucking hope so. Yeah, you know, remember remember how like uh, last this is one of the you look back at guys' careers ascension marks. 
I say last year after Halliburton got traded and Fox had a tremendous month, his scoring was up to like 30 points a game for a stretch, you know, and he's done that a couple of times. But man, how cool if he if he was in the 30 to 35 points a game for a playoff series. Realistically, yeah. I think you could fucking ball out like that. That'd be such a big deal um, because really we're we're hoping that this isn't just like a Cinderella season and the Kings are relegated back to uh, competing on that fringe level. We're really hoping that the games can just compound this through draft picks and, and other transactions to continue this ascension like other teams have. Like the Suns came from the bottom and built their way up. How the Memphis Grizzlies in the last few years have built from the bottom and worked their way up and among a bunch of other teams. You know, So we're hoping that's the case. And I think that a playoff that that's what I'm looking forward to. That's, I'm I'm trying to be excited and not negative too, because win or lose, there's there's some great things that could come out of a series and the Fox thing. Like I said, I'll repeat myself several times, I'm sure, and, and we do a playoff preview and all of that. But I just wanted to to throw that out there. So, um, yeah, Ryan, uh, we're going to the game. Can't wait to go to the game this weekend. I think that I'm an, I'm 100% betting as much as I can on the Kings to beat the Jazz. I don't think statistically the Kings can lose to the Jazz two times in one week. Uh, the, I, I, I'm going to go with that. I, I believe in the Kings on there. But uh, we'll be on soon. A lot of episodes. And, man, we get to do a playoff preview this year, dude. How dope is that? We always doing season previews and fucking draft previews. But here we go. Kings cast gets to do a, a freaking playoff preview. So, hey, guys, we appreciate you listening. If you ever want to interact or be a part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. And we're pretty active on our Facebook group, Kingsland. We actually just broke the 4K mark, Ryan. So that's pretty cool. Uh, it's a great place to be if you want to talk Kings. Uh, if you want to support the show, please slide down on Apple Podcasts or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you and get our show out there. And of course, you can always check us out on the Believe Podcast Network where we are the Sacramento Kings signature show so with that for ryan this is eric go kanks thanks Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.